Hello, and welcome to The Vinyl Floor. I'm Christian. I'm Randy. How are you, Randy? I'm doing all right, man. Another uh, another quick week here. Was um, it, This week was very quick and very... I started a new medication. Just oh, yeah. transparency. Knocked me on my ass this week. It, I feel it? like it's settled a good bit now. Good. First three days. Holy shit. Just like tired or what? Uh, exhausted, out huh. of it. Uh, exhausted, but restless at the same time. Okay. So yeah, yeah. like the way I described it is it felt like I wanted to push my bones through my skin. Um, uh, cause Sounds I couldn't, terrifying. I couldn't stretch enough. Like huh. it just, it felt like I needed to stretch constantly Weird. and I was tired. So I'd be laying down feeling restless and blah, blah, blah. blah. So the first few days sucked, but then the last couple I felt normal and now it's already Friday and we're doing this again. Good. So here yeah, we are here. I did, um, this will really date this podcast since we're already ahead, <laughs> yeah. but I did go and see the new Mission Impossible last night. Oh, yes. I've heard it's a hoot. Yeah. It's an absolute hoot. The, uh, you know, the whole sort of like villain essentially of the movie is that Mm. there's this, uh, an AI or AGI or an algorithm that's sort of like. Killing the movies. It can just, (laughs) sort of, it can just do anything pretty much. So it's like, you know, it's kind of like this whole like techno thing where like. Tom Cruise is anti-AI. Is he? I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Apparently, if he's signing off on this. Yeah. It yeah. does seem that there is definitely that layer of, uh, you know, in the writing of the material, but, um, interesting. It's been the same. I've, I admittedly have not seen past the third mission impossible. Sure. I, I believe I would love them. I think I would have a great time with them. I like the fast and furious franchise. There's no way nice. I would dislike the mission impossible franchise cause it's smarter. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I know I would enjoy it. It's just a series I haven't gotten around to watching. But it's been the same director more or less for the past while, right? The past like two or three. Okay. Yeah. Or three, yeah. maybe. Yeah. And then this is part one of two, and this one is uh like two hours and forty minutes long. Jesus shit. Yeah. Okay. It went pretty quick though, and there's some uh some good stunts. Are yeah. they they're they're not touting this as like the end, right? I think they might be are, are yeah. they? But you know, I'm Ethan, sure Ethan Hunt, right? Ethan Hunt, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure Tom Cruise will find some other thing that will like that he can do on camera that will almost he's kill ta- him. He's injecting his uh, kid's blood like that one guy to look like he does now, right? He's got to. Do you know who I'm talking about? There's I don't some know. there's some billionaire Jim apparently. Caviezel? No, fucking don't get me goddamn started on the goddamn <laughs> sound of freedom. There's some billionaire guy who's apparently I don't know if he drinks it or in, I think he injects his kid's blood. <laughs> to stay young and he looks like shit he's got a blood boy yes 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 he has a blood boy and it's his <laughs> own fucking son weird yeah very weird what a way to start hell yeah all because we said how is your how are you doing <laughs> you got a blood boy <laughs> not yet <laughs> me neither working towards it <laughs> trying man i'm fucking trying oh boy well as usual we have listened to another handful of albums this week. Uh, Randy, have you had you listened to any of these in full prior? I think just one. American football. Yeah, the original the first American, American football. football. Yeah, I believe I had probably heard the singles, quote unquote, from the second one. Oh, I'm okay. sure yeah, they yeah. released something. Uh, there were like you know, three or four back. singles from that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. like one or two songs on the second one sounded familiar. They but... had a Funny or Die music video. We'll get there. We'll get, I'll tell you about it. Huh. Yeah. It's good. Um, cool. All right. Interesting. Sweet. That's fun. That's when it's fun. 
I had definitely heard all of these before, but I had not heard our first album, Amber Arcade's Fading Lines. Uh, I don't know if I'd heard it all the way through or I'd listened to it on wax. I feel like I had Hannah um, and I play Scrabble a lot and we'll put on records. And I feel like she had to have put this on at some point because this is hers and she is a fan of them. Uh, This is their debut album uh, from 2016 uh, via Heavenly Recordings. Um, The pressing that we have is like a forest green um, solid color. It's nice. I actually really like that color of vinyl. We have a few that are like that um from the top from the get go this album randy how'd you feel did you dig it what what you think yeah overall i definitely a fan i'm definitely gonna check out other albums from Mm -hmm. her or from amber arcades um i will say the first song was like 100 percent up my alley first song starts off that like sort of uh is that constant dream constant stream or is that Come with me. Yeah. 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 It's got a very like UK sounding sort of like guitar riff. Um, overall, uh, and it's probably because we just did all of these. Yep. Um, this did like nothing for me. Really? Yeah. Uh, I was like, this was a chore for me to get through and it's not a long album. No, it is very always adjacent though, for sure. Very always adjacent and not as good in my opinion. I'm sure. very curious about her later albums. If she's like evolved her sound, like you said to dive in since this is her first album. Yeah. Um, but like for this to come out in 2016, I'm like, brah, this shit's been done. My dude. Um, yeah. I, yeah, I really wasn't crazy about it. This is the first one that we've hit that I was just like, whew, while going through it, I was like, uh, huh. like this isn't clicking with me. Yeah. There um, are definitely lulls in the album for me. Like, yeah. I think it starts really strong, and then I don't like the second first, song. Oh, I, I like, like the second song. I like song. Well, I think it's okay, but I, I, I like really like vocal. one, and I really like three. I was going to say, um, the tracks that stood out for me, okay, three is one for me as well. Is one is one, two, and three. Actually, those are the, those are the three tracks yeah. for me. Um, that's funny that you specifically like two is not it. Uh, uh, three though is great. I I included that as possibly the standout track if I had one because nice. I didn't fading lines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, I didn't really uh, love this. I did like the vocal of the second song, which is Constance Dream. Uh, the title track is nice. I genuinely dug uh, the music and guitar line that was in there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then I had a note. Uh, immediately underwhelmed. Uh, But this is likely due to how much of this style I've been exposed to by Hannah in the years now that this just kind of washes over me with like nothing. Yeah, it is very, you know, NPR, public radio, indie rock I wrote too safe. It's too safe. There's no adventure here. There's no risks musically, lyrically, sonically. Yeah, which can work for me. I kind of have to just be in the mood for something that is like, I guess, safe's a good word. I was going to say like easy listening, but it's not necessarily like easy listening like you would think. Yeah, this isn't bad by any means. This isn't, but it's also completely inoffensive, which for me, uh, someone who wants more confrontational art the majority of the time, uh, it takes something a little more exciting for me 
um, than this. Sure. Yeah. 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 Uh, again, not, not, not bad. Uh, there are a couple other tracks that I dug. There's one called, uh, Ap, Ap, Apenia, Ap, Apoenia. Apophenia. Apophenia. Like Thank you for understanding how to pronounce things. Cause I'm an idiot. <laughs> uh, Apophenia. Sure. Yeah. That sounds way better. Um, that has like a twang or like a slide guitar in it yeah. that I really dug, but I'm a sucker for that shit. Uh, so like that stood out to me. Um, uh, and the song turning light, I thought musically stood out amongst the the pack. Same. It's also yeah. like seven minutes long. It's like six. Yeah. And it, and it honestly worked. Uh, when I does, saw yeah. the length of the track as it was coming up, I was like, Oh, <laughs> I don't yeah. want to do this. Uh, but then it was a good song. So I was, I was cool with that one. Yeah. It's, um, sort of minimalist yeah. in the sense that it's like the same instrumentation throughout most of the song. Yes. And there's just like little like synthy layers or sort of like fluttering sort of like, and for saying uh, that this feedback is and stuff. not exciting. I like that meditative sameness yeah. of like a repeated rhythm, that type of stuff I can fuck with. Same. I like that quite a bit. I get a uh, very into that stuff. Sometimes you don't need to change the beat or the, mm-hmm. you know, the baseline or anything. And, just it adding works. the little elements um, that sort of like change it up um, really works for me. Yeah, absolutely. Overall, any other notes about this album? Because I really got nothing. Not really, no. Uh, I was just looking over her Wikipedia page and just thought her background was interesting. Um, she worked as an assistant for war crime tribunals at the United Nations. I missed that. As of uh, 2016, she held a position assessing the claims of refugees granted asylum in the Netherlands who are seeking to have their families brought over. Is she Uh, one of the good ones or is she denying these claims? (laughs) I was wondering the same. I'm just guessing that she's, you know, pro. (laughs) Um, Watch her be an absolute fucking tyrant. I know. I was wondering if any of that sort of like, it seems heavy, you know. Being yeah. in that position, I was wondering if any of that really made it into the uh, lyrical content, but uh, I didn't really, you know, go through the lyrics on this album much. She has, uh, what, two albums after this? So I am very, and whoa, one came out this year, um, uh, Barefoot on Diamond Road. Um, oh, cool. I'm, yeah, I'm curious about them, but yeah, this first album uh, did not do much for me at all. Yeah. I'm not going to call it a big hunk of crap, but it's, uh, if you're into this style, you're going to like it. Um, but for me, this is not my favorite style of music. So, oops. So therefore it, uh, there I go with the oopses again. (laughs) Uh, so, uh, so therefore, uh, uh, don't, you don't get a big old recommend from me. If I had bought this record, it would go in a sell pile, but it is not mine. (laughs) It is not mine to sell. So I cannot get rid of it. Um, and I know Hannah Jen like actively likes this record quite a bit. So <laughs> yeah, not going to steal her uh, joy. Our next album though, Amen Dune Freedom released in 2018 via Sacred Bone. Now this album was my introduction to Amen Dunes and is still stands as the only album by them I really know. Uh, but it is their fifth album and their most recent to date. 
Uh, they do have a single or two out that they released a couple years back that we all thought we were going to get a new album and that did not happen yet. Hmm. Um, Randy, from the top, here you go. Eamon Dune Freedom, or Dune's Freedom. Uh, what you feeling? How you feeling? Overall, there's stuff in it that I dig or <laughs> instrumentation that I dig. Is it the vocals? It's the vocals. The <laughs> vocals are a little it. too affected. I knew it. Yeah. For me, um, I don't know. It's a little like, I don't even know like what to compare it to, but sort of some of the music sounds like it would be, you know, in a big, uh, a big stadium or a big yeah. like outdoor, like, um, festival type of thing, like mm-hmm. a Coachella or something feels like it could play good at, but then there is like stuff that kind of brings me back in like, sort of like the guitar. And there is also sort of like, loopy elements sort of or things that repeat kind of a lot that um i like in the instrumentation but um i feel like the vocals in some songs works but in other songs it's like it really stands out i think what we're going to learn throughout this is that the weirder the vocal the more i am all in or the or the more fucked up the vocal the more i am all in sure i will say you don't like dry cleaning though or you I don't like I don't really like the post punky vocal. The more okay. dry talky vocal sure. doesn't do a lot for me. But I'm also not super familiar with dry cleaning. So sure. I can't yeah, really yeah. I can't really give a judgment there. Uh but I can say like my example is like I can't stand the vocalist of Parquet Court. <laughs> okay. Like I yeah, think yeah. it it sound it sounds like he's tongue thrusting. <laughs> like the whole I can't stand huh. it. Uh, I got uh, one of the records right there. Hannah loves them. Like, Sick. yeah, we, I think we own, we own the record with my least favorite song by them on it. Huh. Uh, it's awful. I think, yeah, I know what you're talking about. I know people yeah. love that song. It's a hit. <laughs> I think I have light up gold here, which is an earlier one, but I do own that record, but it's in the California. other one. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> uh, and musically there's, I don't have anything against parquet courts. It's straight up the vocals that just drive me sure. insane. I get that. Um, so yeah, I'm weird. I'm also a picky little, little turd. So I can, I can get a hair across my ass over anything. So, um, but Amen Dunes, uh, this record is there. It's funny that you say the festival type thing. This is their break at like a pop record. Okay. They were yeah. more of like an avant. I don't want to say minimalist, but not, they didn't really sound like this prior to this album interesting yeah and this was their attempt at making something more grand and uh pop forward yeah i was uh surprised kind of at the the sound just because it's it's the sacred bones thing you see yeah. a sacred bones logo you're like oh this is probably gonna be like weird or fucked up or and it's not cool sounding and it's, it's like, weird oh. but it's not yeah. it's not inaccessible at all yeah like it they sound like it is, it's, it's by definition, this is art pop, like just by definition. And I, I, I would call it that, but it is mostly that because of the vocals is where I would go because yeah. musically it's, there's a lot going on. It's very layered. Uh, almost every song, if you clue into the mute, like if you take the vocals out, these would make like fun instrumentals and you'd be able to hear a lot of cool layers of things. Totally. Uh, not on every song. Some songs are a little more simplistic or straightforward, but. Um, so it is very art pop in nature, but it is 
it's not art pop comes with a sense of inaccessibility and this is not inaccessible. Yeah. Um, it was written and recorded over the span of three years and it features a number of musicians, including Italian electronic artist Panoram, uh, the Yeah Yeah Yeah's guitarist Nick Zinner and yeah. uh, previous uh, Amon Dunes collaborators Parker Kindred and Jordy Wheeler, as well as guitarist Delicate Steve. And uh, yeah, I saw Delicate Steve at Treefort Music oh, Festival. Oh, word. Hannah is also a big Delicate Steve fan. Uh, cool. We don't own any of his stuff, but anytime we listen to him, it, I really enjoy it. Nice. Was he good live? It was, yeah. They're, cool. Or he, it's, I know it's yeah, a band, yeah. but. Um, I don't It's kind of the other thing where like, there's some really cool stuff and there's some kind of stuff that might be just a little too poppy or a little too. That makes sense. Yeah. Goes down a little too smooth. Yeah. But yeah, overall, yeah. he's a, seems like a great guitarist. Uh, um, the album's lyrical content draws from um, uh, childhood and a relationship with his father, masculinity, and his mother, who was diagnosed with terminal cancer at the beginning of the album's recording. Uh, Freedom has been described as a concept album with each song being an exploration of self through both real and fictional characters. Um, also, I read that lyrically, this is the most straightforward, very easy to understand what he's talking about album. Um, mm-hmm. Apparently, all of their past stuff was much more cryptic and shrouded in imagery and metaphor and stuff. Um, <clears throat> a direct quote uh, about the album is... Uh, I don't think I've said his name, actually. Um, his name is Damon McMahon. Um, so, yeah. Uh, or McMahon? Mahan? Mahan? McMahon. Sure. Yeah. Sure, whatever. I don't know how to pronounce anything. The whole record is about letting go of my hang-ups through ego death. Man. Man is in there. Uh, it's about rel- relinquishing all terrestrial identities and histories and personal events and family lineage, all the things that I'd kind of clung to my whole life, which is a big statement <clears throat> to be like, hey, this is about ego. This album's ego death. I'm like, oh, fuck, dude. That is a, maybe that's why it's taken him so long to have a follow up to it. Um, so it's a pretty lofty album, yeah. both sonically and lyrically. They're going for a lot here. And personally, I think they nail it. Mm-hmm. Um, Pitchfork gave it best new music. They This was the first, I think, that they gave a rave review to, um, saying that he'd like achieved a new level of artistry or something mm-hmm. like that. I read the review. I don't really remember it. Um, and it all opens with uh, the track Blue Rose. Well, there's an intro track. Yeah, yeah, it's like there a is kid an talking. Intro track. Yeah, uh, and I think it's a decent intro track. It works to set it's cool. kind of yeah, the yeah. tone for the album, um, and then that goes into Blue Rose, um, which I think is one of the best songs on the album personally, and is uh, the true intro to the album, and is a very good introduction to what we're about to uh, kind of sit with. Yeah, Blue Rose was good. I like that that intro with the kid talking. Um, listened to this a second time, most of it a second time this morning, uh, just walking through the neighborhood. And uh, I did it with headphones in this time. I mm. listened to it at work earlier. And the second time I definitely picked up on like more nuance in the instrumentals and stuff and was like a Let's, little less put off by the 
By the vocals. vocal. Yeah. Listening to it on wax, uh, which I, my pressing is a uh, transparent red vinyl. Nice. Um, it, uh, the instrumentation really stands out. You yeah. can hear a lot of the depth. Um, I really, that's, that's what I clued into this time. Cause I usually clue into his vocal because I like it a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I think I wrote, uh, did I say something about his vocal? Yeah. I was like, uh, his voice is like if Connor Oberst tried to make some interesting music these, these days. <laughs> nice. I can get that. <laughs> Uh, but this time I, uh, I really clued in on the music, like I said, and I got a lot out of it. And I noticed that songs that I thought were more simple had a lot more going on and mm. vice versa. Some that felt really busy. It was like, oh no, there's just kind of like a very steady rhythm going behind there. It's nice. It's cool. Um, and a lot of these lyrics are very simple as, as well as poignant in my opinion. So like the third track or t- after the intro, so second real track. Uh, time has the line um uh man oh man when jesus died no one cried all the same just like it's good shit it's good shit and he's got um the line in that song as well he says you'll do something good and the delivery of that line straight up feels like a like a passionate bradford cox at like the height of a deer hunter track okay it rules it fucking rules and that that I think time is when I like really was cluing into his vocal. Cause I have a lot of notes about his voice in that song. Yeah. Um, saying I love his voice in this, the choice of melody here is so off kilter and odd, but necessary to make this song a success. Hmm. Um, what were the standout tracks for you specifically of this one? If you had any, uh, yeah, I mean, it starts strong with the intro and in blue rose and then skipping school. Uh, I marked Loved as skipping school. Very good. Um, probably one of the ones that, sort of just played uh sort of a little smoother uh vocals wise and then the title track freedom um which is later in the album but i thought that one was very good too skipping school uh the lyrical imagery of this one is fucking wild yeah um where is it it's uh See you in the park at dark talking bad about the dad that you never knew. Yeah, talking about the things that you said you'd do. Yes, I'm sorry. There's no use in being close-hearted. Yeah, I guess you did the best that you could. This is like so much about growing up and, uh, oh my God. Yeah, it just divulges into this. Uh, I really got to go. Yeah, man, already know. I see them go. It, the ending of this song changes the flow from the beginning in such an interesting way. Um, there was a specific line that I marked. Oh, there it is. It's daddy was the coolest kid in school. He was always in the alley sniffing glue. Yeah. Uh, did it till his little lips turned blue. Yeah. Yeah. That's the line I was looking for in this song. And that's some fucking imagery. Yeah. And I love that. And skipping school, I think is the first one that like really stood out to me that way. And then that clued me in to be like, all right, let me pay a little bit more attention to what he's saying here. Um, another one that I dug, um, is this one may be the one that's like more festivaly to you, but the, mm-hmm. uh, Miki Dora. It's, okay. it's like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the pop hit on here in my Got opinion. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it's one of the strongest songs, uh, for me, the standouts are, um, <clears throat> uh, Oh my God. I do love when the drums kick in on freedom though. That Same. is fucking yeah, sick. Yeah. 
Um, I love the closer LA mostly due to the lyrics. Um, it's just a very in-depth, long story song type deal. Really enjoyed it. Do you, if, did you read the lyrics at all? I was only curious because of your life in California. And if you're like, Hey, this is bullshit. Cause he's talking about LA. I, I didn't know. I'm scrolling through them right now and I'm liking fact checking, fact yeah. checking. Tell him he's wrong. Um, Never lived in LA. Have spent a lot of time there. Yeah, I know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I have a lot of good friends and great bands out there, and um, they also helped me create the band Opinions. And we played mm. one show, and then uh, I think we've discussed on here that I just decided to not play any more shows because uh, I think people in your band from six hours away is a hard thing to do. It's a very hard thing to do. That is true, but you never know, Randy. You're still writing music. You could get a band together here. True. Why true. not? I can get you some shows, Randy. Let me get you some shows. Um, yeah. So for me, the standouts are uh, Mika Dora or Miki Dora, um, L.A. and Blue Rose. Probably those are my top. Um, I do want to go back and listen to his other stuff because I like this album so much. And if it's not like this, and it's like more on the weird, less on the pop, I think I'll like it even more. Same. Um, and yeah, I'd be curious how his voice fits in that context rather than yeah. this context. I threw on for two or three songs, the album through donkey jaw from 2011 mm, mm-hmm. and it definitely production wise. It's quite um, different, different. Okay. Yeah. And it sounds like maybe the vocals maybe just don't sit as forward. Okay, um, cool. But I need to uh, sort of dive in a little further um, to see if I maybe like it a little more, but, um, it's also got a cool, um, very sacred bonesy, uh, album cover. Oh yeah. Yeah. They all, all, I think all of the albums were released on sacred bones for the most part. Um, maybe not I'll have like a general style. They sort of. all have like a little bit going. It's oh my God. Sacred bones is the best dude. I fucking love that label. They're so cool. I, it's not, it's not cool to call things cool anymore. It's not cool <laughs> to be sincere when you think something is cool, but sacred bones is cool. It is yeah. a cool label. It is cool to like them. You are cool if you like Sacred Bones. I said it. They put out a great uh, record from The Men called Open Your Heart in 2012. And they did all the Mort Garson shit, the Plantasia reissues, if you're familiar. Do you know yeah. this? He was a he was a early synthesizer guy okay. from like uh, the like switchboard guy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, from the 70s 60s and 70s and huh. plantasia is music that he made and its frequencies are specifically to like good for plants huh. that's cool is the idea uh but he has a ton of records i own uh three i own plantasia one i think it's called abraxas or something like that uh, and one uh called like the occult of something something it goes by the name lucifer and those are like two darker synth records. And then he's got yeah. Plantasia, which is really light. That's cool. good shit. And they're, they're doing even more Plantasia stuff now because huh. Sacred Bones is the best. Uh, Hannah has a Plantasia long sleeve. that's like yellow tie dye. It's really cool looking because nice. they are the best. Listen to Sacred Bones. They are good, uh, good music, good artists. Cool. They are cool. And now we're going on to something that isn't as cool emo uh but <laughs> i kid i don't but i kid uh i knew going into this 
that I absolutely unabashedly loved one of these three albums. Okay, yeah, I think you cryptically mentioned it off of record. Yes. Yeah. That I love one of these three albums. And it's the one that nobody else loves, <laughs> apparently, because they're wrong. Yeah. My ranking of the American football discography is probably pretty wild <laughs> okay. to some people. But, Randy, now we are on to American football. I Every album is called American football. That's also funny. I yeah. really wanted to post as a joke, but I know it's been done before, of uh, here's my American football album ranking, and don't indicate <laughs> LP number, and just yeah. list them, because they're all self-titled. Um <laughs> Uh, but in order, it's American football, American football, and then American football. Um, and I stick by that ranking. <clears throat> um, LP one came out in 1999 and I am not going to wax poetic about it. I wasn't there when it came out. This album meant jack shit to me until probably 2015, 2014. Sure. I yeah. want to say is when it, I became more aware of it. So not even 10 years. This album hasn't been in my life for even 10 years yet. Um, I probably heard about it earlier than that, but I just didn't listen to it. Uh, I own the 2006 180 gram black uh, single vinyl repress. And I love it for that because I know there is a double LP that's got like demos and shit. I don't need, I don't need uh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And like I'm a deluxe I, edition or whatever. I'm pretty yeah. sure. And I'm like, thank God I didn't get that one because I just don't need it. I, spoiler alert, I really had a great time with all three of these albums. Yeah, same. In a way that I was not anticipating, um, especially with the first one because um, I remembered being pretty. When I revisited it years back, I was just like, ah, I guess this like really doesn't do much for me. And while it doesn't like, it's fun fact, it's my least favorite American football album. Um, it is not bad at all. And there's, there's a lot to love here. Um, did you know, do you know the fun fact that uh, all of the song titles are the last line of the lyrics of each song that they're in? No. And then on the second album, all the song titles are the first line of the lyrics of the song they're in. Huh. And on the third album, there is no structure. <laughs> they don't do that. Some of the songs are after lyrics. Some aren't in the songs. Huh. So it does. I, they just dropped that entirely on the third one. Um, but yes, that that's a little, little fun fact for you in case cool. you didn't yeah. know. But again, there's so much written about this album. I don't know what is and isn't known. Uh, the biggest thing to know is that Never Meant, the opening track, is a meme. Uh, but it, it's better than that. Uh, it, it is still a genuinely good song. Yeah, it's, it's great. like cool as mm -hmm. hell. Hey, there's that cool again. Uh, it's a good, it's a really good song. Yeah. Like, holy shit. Uh, I actually kind of struggled with... I, I went into this knowing <clears throat> that the track, honestly, was probably my favorite, um, simply due to the music. I really love the music. I love how that song ends and like grows toward the end. Uh, it's so fucking good. 
Um, but I was hit with, holy shit, like never meant in the summer ends. Like that, like, d- damn, mm-hmm. good ass fucking songs. Solid uh, first three tracks again. The tone on them for being recorded by kids in yeah. the 90s is great. Like, Yeah, that is something that really stood out to me because on this listen, I listened to this one last. Mm. I went three, two, one to try to... Interesting. So similar to you, I came out into this album very late, rather late in life, quote unquote. Um, but I wanted to sort of try to not bias nostalgia from yeah. the first album. Yeah, yeah. Because it's been a while since I listened to it. And I, so I listened to them backwards. And then I listened to this one last, obviously. Mm. And I was assuming that it was going to sound production-wise shittier than the other ones. It's not that far it's, off. It's, it's different, not, yeah. but it's not that far off. They yeah. like really, like they nailed their sound early on. Yeah. And it may be a product of their now nailing, their replicating of what they nailed back then, but they're doing it. They're sure. doing a great job of it. Um. I also I uh noted that the song honestly also like listening to that song I was like without this prawn wouldn't exist. Oh totally. Like yeah. hearing I was like this is a prawn song. Like just and I mean that as a compliment. Like yeah. all compliments to prawn cuz they fucking rule. They rule. But I was like holy shit I'd not made that connection of like prawn is like their influences yeah. American football like all goddamn day. Holy hell. Totally. Very cool to make that little uh, yeah. little bridge. Yeah, because Prawn is definitely has a lot more energy than American oh, yeah, football, yeah. and it's much more like driving. But yeah, guitar wise, yeah, it's definitely a lot in there. American football is more like math rock oriented. Um, yeah, more and noodly. then And then uh, on LP three, I would say more like shoegazy. Uh, not prog, but like it's almost post rock. Post rock, yeah. yeah, more post rock. LP three is definitely like there's a post-rock less album. riffing, less noodley. I feel in there's more intent. Three. We'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. <clears throat> um, LP one is great. I genuinely had way more fun listening to it than I was anticipating. Yep. Same. Um, and it made me very happy that I own all three of them. Um, they were these were very easy to get through for me um uh i love the the uh cohesion between one and two even though they're like 17 years apart so the car uh the artwork of the first album is the famous american football house which now the band owns uh with polyvinyl polyvinyl and the band went in to buy the house because it was going to be sold and demolished yeah and they bought it to preserve its place um because the cover is this house it's very famous you've probably seen it and then the second album lp2 is inside the front door and it is the interior of the same house Ah. and it's it's cool and i like that and i like that they flipped that the lyrics are now the first line of the song but here we go, Randy. Here's the big thing. 17 years after LP1, 2016, via polyvinyl, my record is this orange and red burst pressing. Nice. Uh, it's very it's cool. very nice looking. Uh, uh, I believe, I don't know if this was an early bird edition. I don't recall if I pre-ordered this from polyvinyl. I think I pre-ordered the third one. Um, I don't know if I pre-ordered the second one. Um, this album 
after 17 years, I recall it being so there being so much hype for this thing. All my friends, I was in an emo band at the time. Thomason's. We have one song that exists out there. You can find it technically. Uh, we misspelled Thomason's though, so good luck. Um, uh, dude, when I tell you that this came out and all my friends were like, that's ass. Huh. This is my favorite American football album. I had a feeling, yeah. Handedly. This is huh. my favorite one. Uh, there, uh, this is also, I, uh, on this re-listen, I understand why people dislike it, though. It is, are you familiar with Owen? The Project oh, yeah. Owen. Big yeah. fan of Owen, yeah. A lot of people said this is just an Owen album. And I can feel that. Because this is very lyric forward. This is very vocal sure. forward. To me, I think the music is fucking great and yeah. complements it all perfect. Like these are these are their catchiest songs. These are their breeze like I get overwhelmed by how much I really <laughs> like this album. This is also easily one of the most fucked up and darkest albums about a dude who is not yet divorced from his wife. Oh, okay. This, like, I have, I've sat with the lyrics before, but I, like, really sat with them this time after some time away. Dude, it took this motherfucker two more albums before he and his wife got divorced and Owen released The Avalanche, which is the divorce album. And I'm like, dude, you were already writing that you hated your life for two American football albums prior to this. Yeah. Oh, God. And this one fucking hits dude hits me right in the fucking dick oh my god it's uh the opening track is devastating to me of uh where are we now is the name of the song and as i said that's the opening lines so it's where are we now both home alone in the same house would you even know me if i wasn't the old me if i wasn't afraid to say what i mean We've been here before, but I don't remember a lock on the door. Is it keeping me out or you in? That's pretty brutal. That's yeah. not that's not a loving marriage <laughs> no. that he is describing there. Uh, and then later it's, we've been here before. We'll figure it out like that goddamn door. We just need a skeleton key. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, dude. And like, I, I've read... That they said, like, yeah, this album's a little darker. It's a little more introspective. And I'm like, you went to the depths, my friend. And I think that's also why I loved it, because it came out in 2016. And in 2016, that was, as I have uh, explained on here, that was my big year for uh, uh, trauma and uh, horrible things. It's just the start of all of that shit. But it it had to have played a very uh, significant uh, role in why I connected so hard with it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, funny enough. <laughs> uh, that's actually amazing. I'm looking at this. This came out on Hannah and I's anniversary. 
This is tech. This is when really? it came out on the day that we say that we started dating. Oh, damn. Which is October 21st, 2016. Nice. It's also one day before my birthday. Oh, I am going to see Cannibal Corpse on your birthday this year then. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> October 20th? Is 22nd. Oh, 22nd. Yeah, one yeah. day before your birthday, not one day after. Okay. Well, then I'm going to see Cannibal Corpse two days before your birthday. <laughs> Uh, but if I had gone to a different show, I had to decide between dying fetus or cannibal corpse. Dying sure. fetus is on your birthday. Nice. So, cause Hannah and I have plans on our anniversary, not for our anniversary for actually other friends shit. Um, and I was like, those two shows fall the day before and after I can go to one of them. So I chose cannibal corpse, but nice. let's get back to American football. Uh, yeah. So LP two, uh, lyrically is just absolutely insane. Uh, it's way more straightforward. It's like Owen. Uh, I was very big into Owen's uh, Ghost Town album. Yeah, I was just looking through his discography. I think that's where I fell off. I remember listening to oh. that, and then I haven't listened to anything after. That is my favorite Owen album, for sure, um, is Ghost Town. But I also don't know... Um, I think really before Ghost Town, I only really know At Home with Owen. Yeah, that one's great. I don't um, really know. Newlies, I remember others. being pretty good too. Uh, I also really enjoy The King of Wise from 2016, the same year that uh, American Football okay. came out. Yeah, yeah. Um, that is a good one. And I didn't listen to The Avalanche, but I do know he talks about jacking off because he, for some reason, felt the need I'm to sold. bring it up in an interview. <laughs> he said something along the lines of, I'm just happy Polyvinyl didn't make me edit my lyrics about jacking off or something like that. Weird. I was like, it is your divorce record, man. So <laughs> true, true. Godspeed to you. Yeah, I, I feel like he's always had kind of miserable lyrics. True, uh, which going back to LP1, I thought was the... was at times surprisingly good for him being so young and at times being like, wow, the, the teenage feelings line, I will never not laugh at, uh, from the first LP. Um, just, it's goofy. You can't put the two words together, teenage feelings. It's, yeah, there's yeah, nothing yeah. about it that doesn't make me kind of cringe a little bit. Um, <clears throat> there is self-reflection a lot. It really seems between this album, it, it sounds like there was probably some infidelity or some extreme desire for infidelity. Hmm. Um, my instincts are the enemy is reflective in a good way. And in a, a lot of these songs I'm recognizing are, it's a man who's going through shit and going to therapy and has the language to address things, but not the drive to change anything. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Has the language to discuss it, but the, not the will to change it. Sure. Yeah. It's got the self-awareness, but not the, yeah. yeah the action. Um, yeah. Like he's the line in my instincts are the enemy. He says, uh, I want to taste a little bit of everything, but it gets me in trouble. To fill my plate with the vacant and obscene, with my nerves exposed, I can't say no. So we know he's an alcoholic, and since his divorce, he has been talking about how horny he is quite a bit. Um, and then the bridge of this song, he says, I'm paralyzed, engaged in a civil war. What can I do? Either way I lose, you lose too. Days are nights and nights are unbearable. What can I do? Chained to this mood, you're chained to me too. 
happy, happy marriage. But I really yeah. relate to the chain to this mood. You're chained to me too sure. sentiment. Um, as somebody who struggles with their own mental health shit, I can feel a burden to the people I care about. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't think, uh, his lyrics make drinking sound cool. No, they make it sound exhausting, dude. Yeah. He does not make drinking sound fun at all. Which I've expressed, especially like in against me, early against me, you know, makes like drinking or like the vibe of like being around people and like. Yeah, you know, fist bumping and drinking sound sounding cool, but uh, yeah, sounds much less cool here. Did you ever see the Golden Glove? No, you know, but what I it know is, of though. it. Yeah, and I know that it is I, pretty disgusting. I would recommend it. Yeah, um, it is a good movie. It is fucked up though. Um, anybody listening, if if you like fucked up cinema, check out the Golden Glove. If you're weary, look into it first. I'm not your babysitter. Don't yell at <laughs> me if it triggers you or something. But. That movie um, has one of the most despicable depictions of alcohol. Like I've never, there are few things that I've watched that have made me be like, I I know drinking's the worst. It just makes it look so gross. Yeah. And and they are just shithouse hammered for like the first 45 minutes of that movie. Oh my God. And Mike Kinsella. Our boy Owen uh, definitely kind of sells alcohol in that same way in his lyrics of yeah. just being like, no, I'm good. I don't need to feel like however this is making you feel at all. Yeah. There's just a title of I need a drink or two or three in parentheses. I need yeah. a drink or two or three. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, dude. And anybody that knows me knows that I'm a two drink kind of guy. And anyone who knew me knew I was a five drink kind of guy. So that's why I don't drink anymore. Uh, Home is where the haunt is, is uh, another fuck. This is an album though. Every single song is a hit to me. Yeah. This is a 10 out of 10 album. Maybe this is a potential all time album for me, which is crazy. Cause I swore off the emo shit, Randy. I swore it off. Yeah. Same. Yeah. It was hard to pick like a standout track, but uh, I just, I probably could have marked any of them, but I marked Born to Lose. Great um, song. Yeah. Great song. I need to add my potential all-time album note before I forget. Because I don't... <laughs> that's a new thing, I guess. I have favorite band status. Yeah. Potentially or whatever. Um, but I don't have uh, all-time album. Because they, they're not going to be a favorite band. Interesting. Yeah. You guys are seeing the the wheels in motion here. Um, You said Born to Lose, right? Yeah. Born yeah. to Lose was good. Great fucking track. Love that one as well. This album is just endlessly listenable. Uh, Give Me the Gun is bleak as hell as well. Is it you're going to kill your partner or are you going to kill yourself? I think it's more of a kill yourself thing. Uh, Give Me the Gun. I don't care if it's not loaded. (sighs) Yeah. I need a drink or two or three. Uh, Deeply uh, miserable. I wrote, I did write a note. um, uh, Wow, this man hates his wife. It's uh it's it's really rough. And in the last song, uh everyone is dressed up. It has this really killer line. Uh everybody knows the best way to describe the ocean to a blind man is to push him in. Jesus. <laughs> in the company of others, I'm reminded why we're lifetime lovers, the temperamental kind. That's how he closes the album. Is like 
yeah, we fucking hate each other, but you know, it's all love, baby. It's all good. Yeah. Funny. Yeah. Uh, we're going into another film reference here that reminded me of the Michael Haneke movie, Happy End. Have you seen that I one? I still haven't seen it. I really want to see it. I don't 100% I remember him. it, but I remember it's obviously very dark, but darkly comedic. Um, but there's like a scene where there's like a, a dude in a wheelchair and they're like on a, on a coast, mm. like near water. And I remember it being... Is Catherine Deneuve in the new in that? Uh, Isabel Huppert. That's who it is. Yeah, That's yeah, yeah. who it is. Um, I need to revisit that. That was, I think I saw that with Russell of the Overlook Hour, um, th- and it was fun. I think the most recent of his that I've seen is Amore. Okay, I've, which is like two thousand. It's before that, yeah. Um, like I skipped Amore just because twelve. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that one's speaking of sounding miserable that one sounds miserable it'll well i don't know i don't know how i i'll i cry i i'm I a can. wet i'm a wet man <laughs> sure uh, <laughs> uh that movie made me cry but it's yeah. not it's not like it's not miserable because it is love sure yeah yeah it's it's genuinely like it's sad but it's it's sweet and it's not, it's not brutal. It's not confrontation. It's confrontational and like it's conf- confronting death, but it's yeah, not, yeah. Um, it's not uh, pessimistic at all. Huh, That's a good word for yeah. it, which is interesting because Haneke can be pretty, pretty fucking bleak. Yeah. Uh, this didn't feel, this is my memory of it and I haven't seen it since it came out. So um, I recall just walking out being like, to my partner after seeing like oh my god i don't want to die yeah type deal more so like that um american football lp2 probably one of my most listened to albums it is an album that when i don't know what to listen to i will put on because i just i will sing along to these morbid ass fucking lyrics all day long yeah as miserable as they are in (sighs) text his voice is very pleasant and very catchy yeah it's so good I love this fucking album and it's weird for me cause I don't listen to this shit. The only thing, um, uh, that I don't love about it. Um, honestly, I don't love the white bars <laughs> on the album art of, yeah, yeah. of both of them, but specifically this one, I just think it stands out a little more. That's my big, that's my biggest critique. It's like a letterboxed kind of. It's letterboxed a little yeah. bit. And I'm just like, eh, it's fine. It could have been just the whole image. But I know it's to match the original art. Yada, yeah. yada, yada. It is whatever. But then we jump to 2019. And they've ditched everything. They have reinvented themselves. They have reemerged as a long-winded post-rock shoegazy kind of band without any sort of pep in their step. And I think they're the better for it. Sure. This album is cool. It is. Yeah. There's that word again. (laughs) Uh, This album is really cool though. Uh, I, I remembered not really digging this one when it came out. Okay. This didn't click for me. And on this listen, I might argue that this is their, their technical best. Sure. Musically most ambitious most interesting album. Um, it's not my favorite, but like if I were to rank them gun to my head right now, I would say two, three, one is, is my order. Um, 
I really had a good time with this. I fucking adored the bass tone on Silhouettes, the opening okay. track. Yeah, yeah, Like, oh, so good. So fucking good. Uh, so much depth to it. I really felt there was so much going on in like every song here that... Yeah, same. You don't... Like it really... That's kind of what I love about LP 1 and 2 is it felt like these... Uh, I think it's like five guys, four or five guys. Um, now I need to know. How many fucking band members are there? There's four, right? Or no, sorry. There's five, right? It's Mike, Nate, uh, Dingleberry, Donkus. Maybe their lineup has changed over time. Oh, they only have four. Yeah. Okay. They do only have four. I was right. Yeah. It's Mike, Nate, Dingleberry, and Donkus. It's Mike Kinsella, Nate Kinsella, Steve Holmes, and Steve. Oh, wow. They got two Steves and two Kinsellas. Interesting. Steve Holmes and Steve Lamos. Um, Lamos. Yeah, it's not two L's, so it's not Yamos. I can pronounce Spanish shit. I can't pronounce <laughs> other stuff. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, this, they had a fuck ton of people come in and like play on things. I was not familiar with uh, the guest vocalist on um, uh, the second track, Every Wave to Ever Rise, Elizabeth Powell. Are you familiar with her work outside of this yeah. land of talk? Me neither. I guess they're a Canadian indie band, but I thought her voice was uh, very... Oh, Land of Talk? Yeah, yeah, I have heard Land of Talk. Okay. Um, um, one of their albums. I can't remember which one at the moment. They This is their first album where they have uh, guest vocalists join, and they have Elizabeth Powell from Land of Talk. They have Haley Williams from Paramore and Rachel Goswell from Slow Dive. And I think they all fit beautifully, very yeah. well. Um, personally, I think Haley's stands out the most because Uncomfortably Numb is the catchiest, most like straightforward, like yeah. this is a single type song. I love it though. I think it yeah, is, too. it's an earworm and her, oh my God, I, I'm not a huge Paramore fan, but I really have always loved her voice. Sure. Um, same. and I think their After Laughter album is fucking great. Hmm. I think that Paramore album is really good. Um, and people are loving their newest one, but it, it, they have a song called The News on there. And I think lyrically, it makes me want to shoot me <laughs> sure. myself in the fucking kneecaps. Uh, yeah, I don't like that song at all. Um, but Uncomfortably Numb is great. And I really think, uh, I think either of the other vocalists could have done this, but having Haley do it specifically, her, what style she's known for really fits with yeah. this. And uh, we once again just get an absolutely miserable fucking ode from uh, old Mike Kinsella. Uh, again, he has not divorced his wife. They're not divorced yet. Oh, damn. They are still married on this album. <laughs> Uh, so Haley is singing, or the opening line, sorry, is him going sensitivity deprived. Immediately just being like, cool, now we know what we're working with. I can't feel a thing inside. I blamed my father in my youth. Now as a father, I blame the booze. I have become uncomfortably numb. And then Haley comes in with whose ugly side is the ugliest? (laughs) Whose hands are tied to a contortionist? Like, oh my God. It's so fucking dark. And the last line is, um, uh, the further I get from home, how will I exist? 
blacked out, redacted. I'll make new friends in the ambulance. Yeah. He's been, he's been talking about dying, drinking himself to death constantly. And I don't know if he's like struggling with sobriety as in he's trying to get sober or if he's just one of those like Jason Molina types who's just kind of, or Richard Swift, who's just like accepted their ism. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's dark. Very, it's funny. The genius note goes uncomfortably numb is a melancholic track. <laughs> it's like, yeah. You don't fucking say. Yeah. Um, apparently it's a play on a Pink Floyd song, Comfortably Numb. Ah, I did think the title sounded kind of familiar, but yeah. I couldn't pull the reference. Um, I will say when I was listening to this, I had no idea that there was guest vocals. Oh, cool. Um, on any of them. And when I, I think I had noticed that I was really digging this track and then I opened my, you know, phone or my application and I saw guest vocals by Haley Williams. And I kind of had like a, you know, not a super negative reaction, but I was like, eh. eh, yeah. Like does American football need Haley Williams on their album? But the song is really good. So. It is really good. Uh, I would recommend we'll get there in the collection. If you have not listened to after laughter by Paramore, sure. it's, it's, it's a good album. Okay. And it, that came out 2017. So it's yeah. one of their later and their new one, like one of their new songs I think is really good and has it straight up has like a talking heads riff. Like oh, cool. they're going for like that style now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not opposed to Paramore by any means. I was pretty into them for a while. And yeah. I think I actually got my but there's, there's parents a, into Paramore. Hey, the there day, you go. So. Parents more. Uh, <laughs> but there is, I mean, there's a stigma. They were a swooshy hair band amongst yeah. the swooshy hair bands. And I think we so. talked about like the new national album, which I hadn't, still haven't listened to. There's like some guest vocals on there. And I think we kind of both had the same feeling about them. Taylor Swift, Phoebe Bridgers being on the album. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, why do we need to do this? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I need to listen to, I don't, I said that I liked the new national album more than I thought I would. And I've, I have had zero desire to return to it. So that kind of shows how I feel about it. Um, uh, moving on, uh, where there's the track "Air Apparent," which I loved as well. Good song too. Uh, yeah. Which has the line, "I'm unapologetically sorry for everything." <laughs> Real, I don't. That line really stuck with me, and yeah. probably not in the best way because I feel like I'm going to use that, and it's going to annoy the hell out of some people. Man, I'm unapologetically sorry for everything. Like, <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, man? Uh, uh, Doom in Full Bloom. Um, while this isn't one of my favorite songs, it's the song that while it was on, I made the note this isn't my favorite album, but this is their best album. Okay. And I think it was just because of like all the music going on. I was just like, okay, like this is so intricate for them. This rules. Yeah. Um, and then from there, musically again, I Can't Feel You is rad. Mind to Miss has the line, My Head is an Unmade Bed which I remembered from my first listen through years back when I was trying to get into this. And I did always really like that line a lot. Um, and then the song life support has the lines. Uh, I can't breathe on my own, but life support is such a bore (laughs) and disappointment and grief come easy. Forgiveness is a mystery. Going for my jugular man (laughs) going, Ooh, going for me. Uh, so this one's actually tough for me, um, because I really loved, uh, 
a good handful of tracks on here. I would probably say Uncomfortably Numb is my standout simply because that would be the song that I would put on first. But close seconds, probably Air Apparent or uh, Life Support. Nice. Yeah, um, yeah was, uh, another one where I just kind of enjoyed listening to the whole thing. This is one, yeah, this is not, this, all three of their albums, but really specifically this one is a start to finish experience, I feel. Yeah. Uh, the second one, I think, is the one that's easiest to pick out individual songs. Yeah. Um, the first one works as a whole because it's so scrappy, but it's not at the same time. It's so funny. Like it feels younger and it still feels uh, like it has a seat at the table with these more mature yeah. albums. You yeah. could definitely tell that they wanted to, uh, you know, riff a little more on the yeah. earlier stuff and kind of not like show off. Cause I think their amount of noodling and riffing is done like very well. It's tasteful. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, but yeah, for, this for one children. felt very more sparse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Guitar wise, music wise, and there was a couple moments in general where I was just like, "This is just straight up a post rock song with 100%. lyrics on it," which was cool. Yeah, it's nice to hear post rock with vocals that works real well. Yeah. It doesn't feel like this is a post rock song that doesn't need vocals over it. Yeah, because a lot of the time. I've heard so like growing up when I first got into post rock, I was like, I want to be in a band like this where I put vocals over it. And then I would find like post rock bands that would eventually get a vocalist. I'm like, Oh, this just killed everything that I liked about them. Yeah. The vocal makes no sense with this stuff. And it's always some guy like, yeah, like (laughs) fucking awful shit. Yeah. Uh, the post rock band I was in unconditional arms, we would, um, you know, play shows occasionally. And then people would come up after and be like, Hey, do you ever think about putting vocals on it or having a, a vocalist or whatever. And it was always a no, obviously. And another great benefit of that is if we were playing some smaller venues, occasionally the PA wasn't like loud enough Ah. so that the band couldn't play as loud as they wanted to. But since we didn't have vocals, we could play as loud as we wanted to. And weren't like, you know, uh, limited by the amount of like power that the PA at the venue has. So that's perfect. It's pretty sweet. You know what? As a vocalist, I'm going to tell my band, don't worry about me. Leave me in the dust. If, we, <laughs> if you need it, play loud. They'll move to the music before they'll move to my sure. vocal. So with that, we have concluded another riveting, fascinating, perfect, perfectly executed episode of The Vinyl Floor. I think it might be our shortest one besides the uh, episode zero. This felt, this felt much shorter than the other ones. Which is funny because I there it had like three albums that I I'd say two that like I really was like fuck I, yeah ah, which is the two American football ones uh, LP two and three um, Amen Dunes uh, I was really into that album when it came out uh, I wouldn't say I'm as into it right now but I think that's just a current sensibility of taste yeah, thing yeah. Um, definitely not one that I'm gonna get rid of very glad to have it uh the songs on there that i like i really really like um none of these i will be getting rid of except amber arcades in my mind because uh i'm seeing dollar signs and uh, <laughs> I, I i gotta keep it unfortunately but. yeah especially if you have a uh, original pressing potentially yeah i believe that is uh, I'm, I'm not sure though uh who knows i'll never know i'm not gonna look into it and <laughs> break my heart further uh 
But next week, we are once again, people, going to stick with my collection. So, you know, Randy's going to get another go-around, but we decided uh, he, he's done with his A's. His A-hole is full. Uh, we we need true. to now move on to the B-hole, and his B-hole is wide open and waiting. Um, <laughs> so once we get to my B-hole, we need to finish with my A-hole, and we'll get to my B-hole. But for now, we're still in the A's. And next week, it's going to be very fun for for me. And I think Randy's going to enjoy it a little bit as well. Because we have another five albums. And this time, it is two by American Pleasure Club, formerly known as Teen Suicide. And I do have a Teen Suicide record, but I'm not putting it here. And I'm going to wait until Teen Suicide. Because it came out after these when he went back to being called Teen Suicide. Huh. Because I believe he changed the name from Teen Suicide to American Pleasure Club due to some pressure for it being kind of an offensive name. Sure, yeah. Um, And he was like, fuck that, I don't want to do that. And then he went back to it. Um, But American Pleasure Club, the album, um, a whole fucking lifetime of this, and the album Fucking Bliss. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you know, they are very vastly different records. Okay, cool. Uh, a whole fucking lifetime of this is a phenomenal uh, kind of lo-fi, noisy, indie, fuzzy indie rock record in a nice. lot of ways. And Fucking Bliss is a bleak as shit, blown out noise record. Cool. Um, I like a Run for Cover, too. So yeah. They put out a lot of good stuff. So. Yeah, it's good shit. Uh, uh, the next album is Amygdala's Our Voices Will Soar Forever. This is a grindy, scramsy, pissed off. Uh, it's good shit. You'll dig it cool. if you're into that stuff. And then classics. We've got two two borderline classics with Animal Collective's Feels and Animal Collective's Meriwether Post Pavilion. Uh, we don't own Strawberry Jam or a bunch of the other ones that we love. Um Hannah and I are Animal Collective fans. I assume you dabble or are an enjoyer. I have, but I wouldn't say that I know much of their music. I had a friend growing up that was really into them, and I never really got on board. You had a friend growing up? A couple, yeah. Shit. Not too many. Key bastard. Um, It actually took me years to get into Animal Collective. Um, My... uh, partner in college was very into them and she ultimately sold me on them but uh uh i they've stayed with me and i really appreciate what they do they were growing up they were in high school i always assumed they were just like a like essentially like the grateful dead of indie like because sure. it was always drugs and like big long jams and then i got into them like they're not about drugs and annoyingly long jams like this what is what who sold me that yeah yeah no it's good shit um could talk for a long time about that but those are the albums two american pleasure club records an amygdala album two animal collective records uh the animal collective ones are kind of long so it's good that we're not doing seven (laughs) albums this time uh so with that uh any news any housekeeping randy not that I know of. Uh, like I said, we're recording this far in advance, um, so anything might be extremely dated. But uh, yeah, the I had some issues getting uh, the podcast onto some platforms, but it should be on most uh, now. And yeah, it's uh, it's up there. Go tell your friends about it. Go 
you know, share it with people. Um, give us five stars. Do people do that still? Five stars. Sub- subscribe, like, and subscribe. Five stars. Uh, give a give us a tickle on uh, ticklespin.com. <laughs> And uh, we, it'll be good. What's our email? They can email the tickle to where? Yeah, it's the vinyl floor ATL at gmail.com. Uh, you can Send reach us out tickle. to us there. Um, I should hopefully respond to your emails. We haven't got any yet, but uh, Randy's lonely. Help Randy stop being lonely, everybody. It's true. I hear the emails are coming in in the next couple of weeks. I hear they're coming in full of tickles. Randy is a tickle monster, so you need to get him tickles now, everybody. <laughs> Uh, on my end of things, uh, if you want to hit us up on the socials, we did get a handful of followers, so that was nice. Nice. Uh, nothing crazy though. Uh, but hit us up on there at, uh, the vinyl floor podcast on Instagram. We are on nothing else. Anyone else is an imposter. Uh, other than that, uh, continue listening to my band clot, please. We have our album out now. It is called grief tethers. I've brought it up every fucking week. So just listen to it. Um, it goes and ah. so it's good stuff. I think at least, and Very we're good. I think on tour now. We're currently on tour right now. Nice, should be fun. Probably. I don't know when this is coming out. Yeah, maybe. Uh, very jealous of the dates I've had. Like you said, I I have times where I do feel a little bit uh, lonely, oh, occasionally, yeah. and uh, yeah. I think I just what I just miss is the, the road and traveling. Well, Randy, if you ever want. To be our merch guy, let us know. Sure, yeah, I and can we do that can make one day that potentially. Uh, yeah. When I potentially haven't taken time off already. There you go. Uh, pretty close to when you're going. Otherwise, I would. Uh, I think we're going to do. That I would TM and um, sell merch for I th- you guys. I think we're going to try to do a uh, an April, an April run. I can keep you in mind. Nice. Keep you in mind do for it. that, Randy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so out, uh, outside of that, y'all listen to the fucking records that we told you to listen to for next week. Get learnt up on that. And uh, anything else from you, Randy? Are you are you are you good? Yeah, you could uh, listen to my band, which is yes. just me these days. I put up a new track. Um, it's just a demo. I just been calling them by the month in which mm-hmm. they are created. I've been trying to do like a song a month. I'm already two behind, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's up there on opinions.bandcamp.com if you want to give that How a listen. How did you get opinion? Honestly, when we were a full band, our singer Nick came up with the band name and we just wanted something, one word and something simple. But it's just wild that no one else had that bandcamp oh, URL. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That is true. Yeah. It's kind of weird. That it's not opinions band. It's no, it's just opinion. Yeah. It's crazy to me that no one else <laughs> had thought of that, but it's wild. That's good that you have it. It's yeah. good. It's a good name. Cool. But yeah, give that a listen. And with that, y'all, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and we will talk to you next week.